I'd like to drag him, yeah. Okay. I think they've had it too good for too long. <laughs> do you want me to start? Or do you want to start? I mean, I guess I could start. Just be like, hey, here's how. Here's this thing I watched and it was good. And here's yeah. a, a segment from Chris. Yeah. Hey, Chris, you know what I just watched? Yeah, what'd you watch? Um, I watched Peter Jackson's Get Back. Yeah, what'd you think? I thought it was supposed to be a movie. <laughs> it's not. It's nine hours long and there's three parts. Wow. Yeah, each part's like two and a half to three hours long. I feel like I should have participated in that, the uh, over-Thanksgiving binge-watching that that the world seems to have done. Yeah. Yeah, I'd like you to watch it soon. I'd like to talk about it. I'd also like to rewatch it because there's some parts where it's so fucking long. Yeah. That, yeah, there are definitely times where I was just off doing something else in the background and uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. shit was happening that I wasn't privy to. Um, I thought it was pretty good, though. Okay. Um. We talked about it a little bit before. It's just a nice little slice of life of just the Beatles, and it really tears down the whole image of the Beatles. Yeah. Where instead of them being the Beatles, they're just four dudes in a band. Yeah. Who are, granted, very rich. And kind (laughs) of a little bit full of themselves. Yeah. And butt heads and stuff like that. But it's a good time. I enjoy it. It's fun to hear different versions of those songs. It does get old after a while. I'm like, okay, I don't need to... I don't need to hear old brown shoot again, George Harrison. <laughs> yeah. But you do. You hear it a lot, but it's a good time. I think it's fun. It's well worth the time and effort. Yeah. But brings us to a new segment called. Uh, top, or sorry, bottom, bottom five to ten Beatles song of all time. They've had it too good for too long. <laughs> Misses, in my opinion. Number ten. Little Child. Sucks, not good. Yeah. Um, I don't know how old they were when they wrote uh, I Saw Her Standing There, mm-hmm. but there's that line, the infamous line, she was just 17, and you know what I mean. I think they were 19, luckily. They probably yeah. wrote it when they were 17, but it came out when they were probably like 19. Yeah, so anyways, that was like I brought it up to my dad, and that was one thing he said. He's like, oh, come on. They were probably like 19 when they wrote that. And I was like, yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But if you know what I mean, what do you mean? Yeah, I exactly. Don't. I really yeah, don't. Yeah, that's where the... Record scratch happens. <laughs> um, Little Child falls into a similar category, except... Uh, I don't know, uh, even age aside, I don't think ever refer to a potential romantic interest as Little Child. Yeah, not memorable. It's Child. like a lot of songs that are probably going to be on our list here, on our song list. On our oh, do you want to go song for song? What do you mean? You want to give your 10 real quick? Oh, I You're number we ten. Was, I I thought we were just mixing. Oh, let's mix. I match. don't want to do twenty, but yeah, I think we pretty much agreed on a lot of them. Well, we might have more than ten, but okay, then go nine. Old brown shoe. <laughs> what are you on about, George Harrison? The song's not great. Paul and John are out here writing, dig a pony and get back, and you're like, I got a song about shoes. I mean, the song's not about shoes. It's about uh, being in love with a woman, but also, I don't like it. All right, number eight. That Kansas City song. Yeah. I yeah. don't even know I don't even know how that one goes. It's just Paul going like, Oh Kansas City baby, I gotta get my baby back home. It's okay. from Beatles yeah. for Sale. A lot of Beatles for Sale. Beatles Beatles for <laughs> Beatles for Sale. Most of it could be on this list if I'm being honest. Yeah. So there are uh a couple early cuts that I like a lot, but 
I will say I was just talking to a friend, and he was basically saying, like, sue me if you'd like, but if it's before Rubber Soul, I don't really care. I'd sue him, yeah. Yeah. I think those are just good bops. I like them. They've got a whole lot of substance to them, but a lot of them, pretty good. The early cuts? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a little spotty. It can be spotty. It definitely can. Anyways. I think it's just as spotty as some of their old stuff, maybe. Yeah. For instance, again, sue me. I know a lot of people like this song, but number eight, Obla D, Obla Da. <laughs> Life goes on, yeah, with me out without me having to hear the song ever again. I hate Wait, it. Wait, that'd be number seven, I think. Fine, number seven, Obla D, <laughs> Obla Da. Yeah, I don't like that song. I do not like that song at all. Never have, don't care for it. Don't care at all. It's That's a garbage song, in yeah. my opinion. Worthless. Number six. Number six, I'm going to say uh, no reply. Okay. I don't like uh, no reply. It's just it's like run for your life, but without seeming as though it's supposed to be tongue in cheek. But also number five, apparently John Lennon also hates Run for Your Life. Yeah. So it's like, yeah, so this is the only Beatles song he's ever regretted. He said in an interview in 1973, according to Wikipedia, says the only Beatles song he's ever regretted. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I'd get that. Yeah. Oh, I get that. Yeah, because catch you with another man. That's the end. Yeah, it's about killing the it's about killing a woman after getting cucked. I get yeah. it. You can have a five too, since I stole two in a row. What's yeah. your five? Oh God. Um, oh, I also get a five spot. spot. So, yeah, yeah. And then um, we'll go to four. So this is five B. Five B. Um, um, roll over Beethoven. Yeah. Not a fan of the Beatles covers. Usually. Not a fan of the Beatles covering. No. Yeah, just much like one of the movies we're going to talk about later. Yeah. There's a lot of Beatles songs that are like this isn't necessarily bad. It's just boring. Mm. Just sounds like a song from the '60s from any other band. Yeah, uh, I will also say my number four now. Come together. I hate it. I like some of the lyrics, or whatever, but as a whole, don't like the style too much. Hey, you know what I hate even more than Come Together? What? Aerosmiths Come Together. Never heard that, and I don't really. Want to. Oh, yeah. it was big for them. Man. Yeah. Well, here's uh, an honorary number four. Alien Ant Farms beat it or whatever the fuck they did. What did they do? Any Are You Okay? Yeah. Smooth Criminal, Smooth I Criminal, yeah. I couldn't disagree with you more. Yeah, I don't like it. Oh, it's it rips. It's <sighs> a bop. It Not reminds me of, like, I listen to it when I listen to uh, Bloodhound Gay. Okay. Uh, so, anyways, number three, I don't like. Somebody While my guitar it. gently weeps. It just sounds a bit like 70s rock band, like Led Zeppelin, kind of yep. like. While my guitar, you know. Um, Something almost falls into the same trappings, but what saves it, in my opinion, is when it goes into the, you're asking me, will our love grow? Yeah, it's great. I don't know. That is good. That That is so good that it carries the rest of the song. Something that saves something for me, because yeah. I don't love it, but um, I was listening to it once, and this girl who was a friend of mine was like, oh, and she started tearing up a little bit. I was like, what? She's like, my dad? Used to sing this song to me when I was a kid to put me to sleep. Never knew what it was until right now. I'm like, oh, that's Aww. very sweet. Yeah. Um, so your number three was number three. Number three, Dizzy Miss Lizzie. Really? I don't mind that one. The thing is, on at least the album version on my phone, yeah. it comes right after my favorite Beatles song. Uh-huh. And because it's not one of my favorite Beatles songs, it just... It goes is it, I've just book. seen a face. No, we'll get to it in a second. Oh. We're going to end this with our favorite Beatles songs. Oh, okay. Are we on number one now? 
Yeah, because I did number two was While My Guitar Gently yep. Weeps. What's the worst Beatles song, Chris? Uh, well, let's both get a slot in this. Okay. Uh, I'm going to say, in my opinion, Here Comes the Sun. Yeah? Don't care for it. I'm going to say... Also, these were not weighted. No. This is just off the top of the dome as we think of these songs. I got mine. It's going to be a hot take. Okay. So try to make yours a hot take. It was Here Comes the Sun. I think that's hot. Oh, fuck. That was pretty hot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> my least favorite Beatles song? Yeah. Cross the Universe. Oh, uh, yeah. Okay. Don't like that one. Okay. Words are flowing out like endless rain into a paper cup. Yeah. That's nothing. That is nothing. <laughs> the way this is going to be quick. Just Chris, give me your top three to five Beatles songs. Oh, jeez. Oh, God. Top three to five. I think Rocky Raccoon. No, no, no. Martha, my dear. Golden Slumbers might be in there. Don't let me down. I'm going to do two more because I can't hold off. Two of us for sure. Ah, God. Baby, you're a rich man. How do you feel about my five? Not bad. Yeah. For me, I'd say probably it's a tie between two incredibly different songs for my number five spot. Okay. Blue Jay Way and Your Mother Should Know. Okay. And then probably like The Ballad of John and Yoko. Okay. That one rips. For No One off of a Revolver. Uh huh. That one rips. Um, fuck, how many more do I have? Uh, I'm going to say Till There Was You off with the Beatles. Okay. And undeniably, the best Beatles song. Hey Jude. Yesterday. Oh, okay. You think better than Hey Jude? I think Yesterday is miles better than Hey Jude. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I think subjectively, regardless of those being my five favorite, I still think Hey Jude is like just one of the best songs ever written. There's just something about it's, it. It's just so crazy. It's a, it's a smells like teen spirit to me. Eating Soup Alone is a podcast hosted by me, Christopher Crumlin, and co-hosted by Nicholas Johnson. We try our best to ramble incoherently about a handful of movies at least once a week. So anyways, uh, <laughs> Spider-Man 3. Are we starting with Spider-Man 3? Or would you rather start with The Witch? Which one do you think we're going to talk about longer? I wish it were The Witch, but I feel like it's going to be Spider-Man 3. Yeah, so we should probably start with The Witch. <sighs> okay. So The Witch. You had it on your list. Hey, Chris, it's mail time. <laughs> okay. I can't believe I caught that. A little bit of air. A little bit of ASMR. I've just got a letter. I've just got a letter. I wonder what's from. It's kind of hard to get this one open. Someone really liked this one. 
I don't know what sounded worse, you doing that or me blasting the Blue's Clues song into the microphone from my phone. I know, it's this for sure. Anyways. Knock knock, who's there? The witch. The witch who? The witch who grinded your baby up into a goo and then rubbed it all over a naked body in order to gain the gift of flight. It's a pretty metal scene. Yeah, this movie's very metal. This movie is right off the bat. Four years before we all loved waxing poetically about the lighthouse, Robert Egg and A24 released The Witch. And everyone the world over proclaimed, hey, not bad. Suspenseful, heartbreaking, and old English as hell. Uh, the Witch absolutely rips. Robert Egg is a little freak, and I love it. At one point in this film, I got excited to see a father murder his infant daughter and son. That's not great. And that's what makes this movie even more great. Uh, did you know this movie had a budget of only four million and the box office of about ten, or sorry, uh, forty million? Uh, because in my brain I was thinking that's ten times more. Did you know the woman who plays the witch is named Bathsheba? Just like the Conjuring. The Conjuring, yeah. Pretty neat. P r i t c neat. Huh? Pretty neat. Ah. Take I get one it one again. Pretty neat. 7.5 out of 10. Okay, so a little while ago we were watching a movie and the trailer for The Witch came on. Yes. And you went, oh, wow, you jeez, wow, that kind of a thing. Wowie, zowie. Yeah, yeah. In a way that made me think that you had a kind of a different preconceived notion about The Witch. Yeah. Well, what took you? Like, what was the kind of thing where you were like, oh, this isn't what I thought it was? Uh, I remember, I like, the only exposure I've had to The Witch is hearing some people go, Hey, that was pretty good. And uh, seeing, like, the box at Best Buy or the poster on Netflix. Yeah. And being like, okay, whatever. It's just a, just a horror movie mm-hmm. called The Witch. And then I found out, I watched The Lighthouse and then found out The Witch was by the same guy. Mr. Eggs. Like, I was like, oh, I'd like to see that. That'd probably be not bad. And then that trailer played. And I was like, oh, fuck, I got to see this. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Uh, I watched it over the quarantine. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. No disrespect, but I've had two separate uh, experiences with my friends uh, viewing movies that I think are very special to me, mm-hmm. and I very much so treasure, um, but were not optimal. Yeah, in my opinion, um, both situations. One was I watched a, a movie called uh, Eraserhead. Uh-huh. With my buddy Jake. And uh, we did so in his little loft apartment. And it was very cozy and nice. Uh, but it suffered from the same problem that my witch viewing did. Uh, the witch, same thing. It's late at night. Hanging out with my buddy Will and my buddy uh, Christian. And we watched The Witch. And uh, both of these guys, uh, no disrespect. There's nothing wrong with this. But they just did the very quiet little TVs. And... Uh, yeah, so the best way to describe uh, my first experience with the witch would be uh, visually, I guess. To imagine three people in the middle of their 20s, like, leaned forward, looking at a little TV across the room, <laughs> trying to watch it quiet because they have downstairs neighbors. Yeah. Very quiet. Like, I know we watched this with subtitles because you were worried a little bit about the old English. We watched it because it was a necessity with the subtitles. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, uh, anyways, I saw it, and uh, yeah, long story short, uh, I was just kind of immediately like, um, ooh, this is pretty metal. Oh, yeah. This is kind of like, don't quote me, but I think 1983, when Metallica was just like, yeah, hey, 
Uh, our first album is called Kill Em All, and it's got a hammer and a bunch of blood on the cover. So how about that? Hell yeah. Hell, I'd say it's even more like that's less that and more so Ozzy Osbourne and the other guy <laughs> being like, hey, let's make some shit that scares people. Yeah. That's how metal it is. To yeah. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, this was your first time watching it. So you go first. I really liked it. Um, yeah. I liked it probably more than I thought I was going to. Mm-hmm. Um, the old English was really, really uh, daunting. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be into this because you know me, I can't even do like Game of Thrones or Lord of the Rings. Cause yeah. I'm like, there's just something about this that isn't getting me into it. Yeah. There's just something I can't relate to with these people. But I feel like this movie does a really good job of. It's not so much that I relate to these people at all. I just know exactly where they're coming from. And yeah, it's almost like this movie makes me very empathetic yeah, I know, for these people. Yeah, I know exactly what they're doing and why they're doing it. Yeah. Um, Specifically, real quick, the religious stuff. Yeah. Kept thinking the whole time, like, yeah. Uh, even the, the the mother says it at one point. She's like, I want to be home, like, in England. Oh, and God damn it. What? I just remember there was a whole bit I forgot to type out in that letter that was very funny. Oh, hey, I forgot we got an additional letter that was supposed to be an amendment to uh, the other letter about the witch. An amendment? An amendment. I guess they forgot some stuff. Okay. Uh, Starring Super Mario's Anya Taylor-Joy and some other people, the witch is a whodunit tale about a missing baby, God, farmers, goats, mistrust, and a boy who wants to see his sister's titty. It's fucked up. It is fucked up. Oh, wait, what were you saying? Oh, yeah. She was like, ah, I want to be back in England. And I was like, yeah, I'd be kind of clinging to this religion bullshit quite a bit if I was in America in 1960, the 1600s. Yeah. That sucks. Yeah, there's a really point sucks. where they're eating dinner yeah. in their dark-ass house Yeah. in candlelight. I'm uh-huh. like, I'd rather be dead, honestly. Yeah, okay. For just a quick second. Perhaps I am of the weakest generation. Maybe there's something wrong with us. Maybe it's the phone in my pocket making my dick not have as much testosterone as my granddad had. But imagine right now they said, hey, there's this brand new continent. It's got nothing. Do you want to go there? Do you want to be one of the firsts? Or maybe you don't even have to. Maybe you could just imagine you actually have the chance to go to Mars and be the first fucker on Mars. Do you take it? Because I tell you what, I don't. No, not even a little bit. No. <laughs> but thinking about it, probably back then, Yeah. the difference is, hey, over here, yeah. your house is going to be made of wood, whereas here, your yeah. house is made of stone. Uh-huh. That's it. That's probably yeah. the only difference, really. Yeah. Yeah, like I said, like I understand that context is different and times are different, but I'm just... Un- I, I, oh. It's insane. Yeah. Like, is the English countryside going to be that much different than the American countryside? I understand that the draw is probably like, hey, out here... There's no government, there's no police, there's no lawmen, there's no landlords. Like, you just go there, and wherever you think this is a good place for a farm, it's a good place for a farm. And that's wonderful that some people want that. And, of course, there are degrees to which I want something similar. Like, I'd like to be my own boss. But, also, I want to be very close to reliable food, probably some sort of legal system. I don't necessarily mean, like... 
a large governing body. But yeah. you know, even if we lived in sort of a, a you know, uh, 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 an anarchy situation, you know, there's still a way which this block handles its business. Yeah. You know. So, anyways, all I'm saying is, I there are a lot of modern comforts, even at that time, that I feel like they left that I wouldn't risk leaving. Structure. It's some structure. Yeah. You know. Some structure for sure. Also, mainly hear- the reliable food thing. Somewhat reliable food. I think, um, if I'm right, England around that time. Yeah. Um, zero witches. Yeah. Okay. Just not not not, huh. not, a, not a single one. Yeah. I wonder what was going on with uh, America. You know who is that witch? Where'd she come? Where she come from? She's not Native American. She's not native to the land. No, not at all. You know. So. Why is she's out in that woods? She's you know. Scandinavian. Why that woods? I don't know. Just where oh. she shut up shop. She yeah. heard of this great new place called America. Yeah. She's like, you know what? I'd like to be an adopter there. Anyways, let's barrel forward. What you were talking about was that you. She's like, man, I couldn't relate without representation. <laughs> you couldn't relate, but you could be empathetical. Yes, absolutely. Um, and yeah, like this movie started, and everyone's like, ye, the, I. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm not going to get into this at all. Yeah. But there's that point where they're all arguing, and uh, he's like, I took the cup. I sold it for the traps. And she's like, oh, you can't do anything besides chop wood. No, she says that to her dad later. Yeah. But she's like, I hate it here. I want to go to England. And you yeah. suck. And they're just screaming and everything. And I'm mm-hmm. like, oof. This is this is tense. I yeah. really, like, I, uh, I it gets to a point where I care about everybody in the family. Yeah. Um, pretty cool that it takes, it's, takes place in basically one spot. Yeah. Um, it just... Yeah, just these families squabbles and them relating how they relate it to their religion and just the insane shit that happens to them. Yeah, it's it's great. Um, yeah, I will say there's a aspect of it where it feels a bit like something you'd be forced to watch in history class, but I th- it's just it's just so neat to me that Robert Egg has such a fetish for that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because he does basically the same thing with the lighthouse and how he makes everybody talk in that, especially Mister uh, Defoe. Oh yeah, Mister Defoe gets the witch treatment for sure. You know what he? You know what he nails with it? Though? Or did he insist on it? He was like, <laughs> no, 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 no. What does um, he nail? He nails like what you said. It feels like something I should be watching in history class. Yeah. I'm like, oh boy. And then immediately, within five minutes, a yeah. baby gets churned into mush <laughs> and a naked old lady rubs it all over her body and yeah, it starts her naked body yeah and i'm like oh i'm in yeah you got me anything else you'd like to mention there about the witch with your your initial rundown um i like i i, I was telling you after we watched it i was like looking it up before we watched it uh just to read about it a little bit here and there and like try to find somewhere to stream it from and when you google the witch one of the first audio responses is like ending explained what happens at the end of the witch and stuff yeah. like that. Biggest surprise of this movie at the end, extremely straightforward. Yeah, <laughs> she becomes a witch and goes and dances with the witches and the her whole family dies. Forest, yeah. And she's like, nah, if you can't beat him, join him. Yeah. And the devil goes, "Wouldst thou like to live deliciously?" And she's like, "Hell yeah, man!" And she gets <laughs> naked and goes in the wood and starts flying with a bunch of other witches. Yeah, and becomes a witch. Great. Yeah. Well, uh, I like, like I say, that it uh, comes off as this, like, uh, is something, the, this history class exhibition kind of a thing, something to be shown by Mr. Blackmore on movie day. 
Um, but yeah, it's immediately uh, compelling, tense, uh, relatable, but not in the sense that like, oh, I've been there. Just like I can absolutely relate to how they must be feeling, i.e. empathy. Um, and yeah, immediately metal, uh, which leads to the tension. Like, I mean, it, it actually feels like not only is bad shit happening, but way worse shit could happen. You know what I mean? There's a there's mm-hmm. a, there's definitely a menacing aura about like oh yeah well it, in the first ten minutes they mushed up a baby I've never seen that done before so you know what I mean like things can get bad and they don't really eh, kind of what, what not they? as bad as a baby getting mushed yeah up, I was gonna say but uh you do get uh, the dad getting rammed to death and uh, the sure. mom even though it's a vision in a oh, moment yeah. that seems almost out of the lighthouse itself her breast gets pecked by a raven it's not she wakes up and her boobie is open yeah. so it's not a vision I think that should happen happened okay uh also again not necessarily as bad as the baby getting mushed up but fuck me if I wouldn't be pretty pissed if my dad locked me and my siblings in the fucking in the 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 ram den overnight. Oh, I'd be absolutely furious. Yeah, uh, just hate those little kids. I don't like uh, what are their names? Jezebel. Yeah. And uh, Rocky. And Rocky. They're good in terms of uh, they remind me a lot of the first half of Babadook, which you still have not seen Babadook, but I have. You have? It's been a really long time, though, and I don't remember uh, a lot of it. I'd like to watch it soon. Okay. Anyways, uh, yeah, I don't like these kids. Uh, similarly, I don't like that little boy in the beginning. Uh, but the little boy at the end, I like him. But yeah, that aside, uh, yeah, I feel so bad for that little girl. Her mom is treating her like a piece of dog shit. And those little kids, uh, those little brats, they're being brats. They're making it way worse for her. Yeah. And her dad uh, gets the business from her at one point, duly. Oh yeah, because you know? she's like, if you're, a, I know you're a witch. She yeah. just gotta tell the truth. She's like, and she's like, you've done all this shit. And let me take the fucking blame for it. You're a fucking dickhead. And now you're calling me a witch. Yeah. And then I love, love when she's like, like most of this movie is him cutting wood. Is him cutting wood. But pretty early on in the movie, as shit happens, it gets resolved almost immediately. Like the dad's in the woods with the son. He's like, I got these traps. Don't say anything, but I sold your mom's favorite cup. Mm-hmm. It was made of silver. That's how I afforded it. Whatever. And like a scene and a half later. No, literally the next scene, they're at dinner. The mom's like, Anya Taylor-Joy? Tom scene, that's her name? Tom scene? Where's my cup? And she's like, I don't fucking know. And she's like, mm, you're always touching it. She's like, I haven't fucking seen it since we left. No, yeah. I don't know where your cup is. She's like, what have you done with my cup? And she's like, I don't know where your fucking cup is. Yeah. And then the next scene, the dad's like, I sold the cup. Mm. like things get resolved like that yeah like right at the beginning of the movie the kids are just running around being like black philip black philip and they're talking to the black goat and yeah then at the end of the movie when he's yelling at her because he's like you're a witch she's like i'm a witch these kids are witches yeah they're this goat talks to them yeah and the bible says devil a goat devil yeah. a, devil a goat yeah these kids are talking to this goat yeah. these kids devils and then it's like, oh, cool. I'll go kill these kids then. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and in a sense, uh, you know, it also kind of feels a bit like The Lighthouse or The Shining, except uh, this is probably the most second, perhaps, to The Shining, where, like, uh, the mythical thing that symbolizes their insanity seems to actually be legitimately a real thing here. Um, 
but it has a, a similar kind of like wow the sense of isolation i get from this thing it's not at the forefront it's not the most like this is not the shining strength of this film but again to reiterate about the whole like missing england thing i mean they're a two days ride from the town that they just left yeah a two days ride yeah and like, then there's the point again like so there are a lot of things that like i i, I you might remember i mentioned like it, it it feels almost like a prequel to like the blair witch or something as if this could be the 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 woods that the Blair Witch takes place in, like this yeah. is the folklore story that they've heard, because it's actually uh, in the title sequence, like colon a New England folktale or something like that. Yeah. So that's how I try to view it. I mean, there's nothing in this that indicates it other than it being set in a similar location, i.e., New England and dealing with a witch in the woods. But yes, again, the sense of isolation really gets me. I mean, there's genuine danger there, as I alluded to with my rant in the beginning. Like you're so far from convenience safety civilization there's safety in numbers i mean it's just you your wife and fucking three kids and a couple of goats and then they lose their horse yeah so what does a two-day ride on a horse turn into on foot it's a good week probably yeah that's fucked i mean there's that point where they're discussing like we're gonna take our boy into town we don't have a horse and we'll just leave the babies here with thomason and hope that they're fine when we get back with yeah. maybe our kid not dead um and all that stuff's very scary. Oh, yeah. It's just like uh, what you were saying with Blair Witch. Worst case scenario, you're two days from town without a horse. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, and then on top of it, scenario. there's a, I mean, the woods are scary as shit. Always. They're just scary. And then as an audience, we know for sure that all their little folklore, like silly, like, oh, there's a witch in that woods. There's a fucking witch in that those woods. Oh, we see that witch good, yeah. With her naked body covered in baby blood. Uh, and baby brains and baby I was bones. Say baby everything, yeah. Baby all things. Liquid baby. And um, she's nasty. I love probably my favorite part of this movie. Well, I'll interject just for a moment to say, like, I actually think this movie is a pretty scary movie. I don't think it's scary like where I'm like, oh, I'm not going to sleep tonight. But in this, in the moment, I'm like, yeah, this is all fucking scary. Like if I was in this situation, this would be very scary. Yeah. This is a very scary movie. If I was in this situation with what I know now, I'd probably be like. Bring out the book. Let me sign it. Black Phillip. <laughs> I mean, before that, probably. Oh, okay. If you just took 2021, 21st century man, Nick Johnson, and dropped him into this situation, I'd be yeah. like, listen, there ain't no witches. And I know you're going to call me a witch for this. There ain't no God. <laughs> so there ain't no witch out here. And then I'd be wrong because there'd be a witch. I'd be fucked too. Um, actor's name is Harvey Scrimshaw. Scrimshaw. Plays Caleb. Caleb. The brother. The brother. The older one. Older one. Younger than Tom Scene. Yes. Older than the twins. That kid. Yes. Fucking can act. Yeah. He, I'd agree with that. Like the kids are speaking this like old English and they're doing okay. Well, yeah. You can't expect much from a kid under say 10. Yeah. And that kid probably like what? nine eight yeah but he's speaking this old ash english yeah and he's just nailing it Crown, and yeah. it doesn't feel like he's just reading or yeah. like just trying to say this in this accent this kid is acting mm -hmm. and i think he's great i think he might be the best part of this movie like especially yeah. when he spoilers dies all sweaty and stuff and he's, and he's like just oh like, my lord bring me to your bosom so i can drink it oh yeah I exactly oh. i think he's great yeah i love when he's out in the forest by himself and he's lost what does he throw up the bloody thing it's an apple. It's an apple. Oh, that's right. Because he said, "Bingo." Oh, just went out here to get you some apples. Yeah, because he lied. Them. Yeah. So it's kind of poetic injustice. Yeah. And then I love that uh, he goes out to the woods and he's alone and he sees the young witch. 
She's got this tight shirt on, and he's like, it has been been thinking about them, too. It has been established that I am horny for some booby. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And she gets them. Um, Yeah. Yeah, I just... uh, And there's something about the father's, um, just the the cut of his voice's jib. Oh, his voice is... Like rich mahogany. It's like a... It's like a bunch of gems stuck into a blending machine. Yeah. A blending machine? A blender. <laughs> yeah. Are you a fan or oh, not a fan? Oh, I love it. Yeah, I love yeah. it. I like the dad. His voice is very, yeah. very good. Yeah. He also looks a bit like the Lord. Our Savior Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, yes. Yeah, yeah, He does. He really does look like Jesus. He does look like the Lord. Yeshua. Um... Uh, the mother looks yeah. just like Ernest Thessinger. She, she really does. And she acts the fuck out of this movie. She really does. Thomason yeah. acts the fuck out of this movie. I mean, where's the weak link? Where's the weak link in this movie? The kids. Yeah. The, the, the two, the twins, yeah. Yeah, but their little song is so creepy. Black yeah. Philip, Black Philip. And That's also, spooky. it's spooky that the little girl looks like she's 30 years old. Yeah. She's a child. Yeah. Couldn't tell you what the boy looked like. He doesn't play a big part in this. No, no, he's just there. Um, he's just there. No, the daughter's there to be like, ah, I'm a witch, blah. And then Thompson goes, no, I'm a fucking witch. Yeah, it's a good scene. Yeah. Anyways, let's wrap it up. Uh, just tell me a little bit. How'd you like the little reveal at the end that it is like it was actually the Ram? Like, how did that hit you? Because I can't remember. It's been so long since I saw it for the first time. But I remember the whole time I was watching it with you, I kept thinking like, I can't wait till it's Black Philip. Yeah, when she when, not that it's like a crazy twist, like yeah, uh, give whatever the fuck happens to the usual suspect, so like for the like um, when she says when she tells her dad that it's Black Philip, yeah, and I was like, oh fuck, it might be Black Philip, uh-huh. and then they're all stuck in the shed, and the so witch fucked. the witch shows up and starts eating the oh, other goat. Yeah, I forgot about that. So gnarly. Yeah, I'm like, oh, it's not Black Philip. It's this big old witch. <laughs> And then it's Black Phillip. When Black Phillip starts talking, I'm like, yeah. oh boy, here we Wouldst go. Wouldst like to live a life of butter? It's so good. Yeah. I love it. I, so good. Yeah. I don't love that you see the actual devil walk behind her and like rub her shoulders. Oh, uh, yeah. I forgot about that. Yeah, that's a little whack. That part's a little whack. Yeah. But the rest of it's great. I love that it is actually Black Phillip. Yeah. Um, yeah. I do. I just, I just love that she just becomes a wish at the end. She's like, ah, fuck it. She takes a nap at the kitchen table for seemingly 12 hours and then yeah. looks up and goes... I'd like to live deliciously. Yeah, let's go. So, again, I think I'd previously established that my grading scale was, in my opinion, how well do I think that this movie actualized what its intended goal was. And that's where I'm having a bit of a time deciding between an A plus and an A, but I think I'll have to settle with giving it an A. I really like this movie. Is it like, you know, Magnolia level, where like for some reason I also identify with it? No, but as a piece of, you know, it's a movie. That's a that's a really good movie. Yeah. I think it's pretty darn good. I'd give it a B plus A minus. Okay. I enjoyed it a lot. I don't like it as much as I like the lighthouse. Yeah. Um but I, I like the them as much as I like each other, but for different reasons. You know what? For much different reasons. I'm gonna give this a solid A. Yeah. Because like I was saying at the beginning, yeah. Can't do old timey. Yeah. I just can't. And this movie made me do old timey. So <laughs> I think that's an accomplishment. Impressive. Now. I'm gonna give it an A. So Madam Webb is a bit like a witch, and we watched the Spider Man three. Um No did, subtitle. No subtitles. Understood what everyone was saying. I did a good amount of research. Can't tell you why Madam Webb 
interacts with Spider-Man. Is she in the comics, or was that entirely a creation for that cartoon I watched when I was a kid? She was in the comics in the 80s, I believe. Okay. Um, she fits in in the thing or whatever in the show. She comes and she tells Spider-Man some future Oracle-like stuff. Oracle-like stuff, yeah. But why she does that? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. That cartoon was wild. Do you think it holds up? That theme song does. Spider-Man. Spider-Man. Radioactive Spider-Man. He's not yeah. radioactive. <laughs> the spider was. But he is not. You're right. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so the Spider-Man 3... Uh, just context out of the way, because we all have a shared context with this movie. Mm-hmm. Everybody knows that this is the weakest link. Goodbye. Oh, but, but, but it never fails, so it makes me want to wag my tail. Mail! <laughs> all right, let's ASMR this time. And more just getting this fucker open. Oh, cool. The left side was a little loose. A little bit easier to open than the other one. This one feels like it's a... Uh, Oh, it's just one page. Okay, I felt like it might be more. No. Uh, I look like I'm... Uh, I feel like I'm looking at, like, a a, a, a file uh, from the Bay of Pigs released <laughs> by the CIA. There's a lot of redacted sections, is the joke. Yeah, Anyways. Whoever's writing these is uh, from the X-Files. Sorry, go on. Okay. Here we go. Uh, stings like cigarettes. That makes sense. After an indiscernible <laughs> amount of time since the events of the first film, Peter Parker is back and better than ever... Uh, top of his class, dating the girl of his dreams, and beloved by everyone as Spider-Man. Our boy Pete is killing it. Hey, remember in the last movie where there was that underlying pressure and tension of Peter not being able to balance his personal life with his insurmountable responsibility of being a Spider-Man? Well, all that stuff's gone. Why? Who cares? It's Spider-Man, baby. Uh, when a black alien goo uh, that amplifies your insecurities and worst traits attracts itself to your main character, it's best for them to have zero problems before that happens. Sam Raimi directs this one again. Back at it. Uh, and apparently uh, Sony made him shove in like 20 more plot lines into this fucking thing. And he was not happy about it. Uh, so this thing is a mess. Uh, directed by a team of people who could not care less about it. Peter Parker, I almost said Jackson, is even more of a skin-crawling creep in this one who doesn't give a shit about anyone other than himself. And Mary Jane puts his ass in the dirt for it, so that's fun to watch at least. In all fairness, the first 45 minutes of this movie ain't so bad. Thomas C. Howell uh, is fun as the Sandman, and Bruce Campbell is always a welcome surprise. There are three separate song and dance numbers in Spider-Man movie, 4 out of 10. Yeah, so in the beginning, you're right, 45 minutes, pretty all right. I will say the, sp- the goo falling from the sky, mm-hmm. for better or worse, reminds me a lot of the blob. Let me try something right. real quick. Sure, go ahead. Are you going to try to read it? Yeah. Should I, I read thinking, it slow? No, I was thinking maybe we go back and forth with these. Oh, okay. Well, maybe I'm not that good at reading. Okay. After an indiscernible amount of time since the events of the first film, Peter Parker is back and better than ever. Top of his class, dating the girl of his dreams, and beloved by everyone as Spider-Man. Our boy Pete is killing it. Hey, remember the last movie where there was an underlying... Yeah, I'm not good at this. (laughs) Anyways, uh, so yeah, it feels like the blob and the blob, uh, the like cool kid. Yeah. uh, Is like out there 
hanging out. I was saying it falls. while we were watching it. If yeah. Sam Raimi cared about the Venom stuff at all, yeah. I'm sure he could have done something pretty cool with Very all the Venom cool stuff. Because yeah. I will say that 45 minutes lays out what I think is a great... Um, he's already been infected by the symbiote kind of storyline. Yeah. Where he's like full of himself and shit like that, and he's not paying attention to, you know... Uh, you know, Mary Jane and whatnot, and he has all these negative traits that seem to be amplified, which, don't get me wrong, in a lot of ways, fame and success are a bit like the symbiote. Tell me about it. So anyways, um, I just feel like it would have worked uh, well there. I, I feel like the symbiote should have been all up in his biz way earlier, uh, and it would have made the, uh, the character defects more interesting and tense from a storytelling perspective. Yeah, opinion. like if he was just feeling pretty good about being spider-man and then got the suit and yeah. was doing all those legitimately bad things to his girlfriend yeah that would make sense but yeah. instead he's a piece of shit yeah gets the suit because he is a piece of shit because he is a piece is of the shit thing. that's just who he is and then he gets the suit and sam raimi decides that like yeah the symbiote would make him snap his fingers and put his bangs in his face and yeah say what's up to baby to to women he doesn't know he gives a waitress five dollars and says find us some shade yeah. Thanks, hot legs. Yeah. Genuinely, uh, li- uh, uh, actually making an ass of Sony's insistent that he does this NBA thing is what I feel like yeah, all of that comes down to. A lot of it feels like him being like, I'm going to make this as dumb as fucking possible. Yeah. Um, and also, I hear it was kind of tough to work with Peter, uh, Peter, to work with Toby Maguire. Yeah. Apparently he's a huge piece of shit. Yes, I have heard this, yeah. He was part of the Pussy Patrol with Leonardo DiCaprio and probably some other actors. That's what they called themselves, I think. Well, that's a big yikes for Leo. I always liked Leo, I felt like. I would like oh, Leo. Oh, no. Leo, Leo DiCaprio. 50-year-old Leo DiCaprio has a, has a knack for having 21-year-old girlfriends, yeah. Mm, that's too bad. Yeah, it is. Um, but, yeah, a lot of this feels like Sam Raimi looking at Toby Maguire and going, I want to put some dirt in your eye. <laughs> Probably my favorite line of this movie. Yeah. He walks by a newspaper that says, Spider-Man caught in the act, stealing money. And then it says, photo by Eddie Brock. And out loud to himself, Peter Parker goes, "Yeah, I'm going to put some dirt in your eye. Um, also thinking of things as I noticed them, Hobgoblin looks like dog shit. They did a travesty oh, yeah. to him. What would you say he looked like? How'd you describe He him? looked like fucking, at first I thought Hawkeye, but then I was like, no, nah, this bitch is dressed like the movie adaptation of Snake Eyes. Yes, he looks like Snake, he looks Eyes, like Snake Eyes on a snowboard. Mixed with a PlayStation 2 demo disc. Yeah. He's just He awful. looks like the original Xbox come to life. He, re- <laughs> he does. That's the best comparison. Fucking just dog shit. Um, and they gave him a fucking sword. Honestly? Like, it seems like they intentionally were like, ah. Because from what my dad said, like, we, I was talking to him about uh, the Spider-Man, and he was like, People were dogging on that Green Goblin suit when it first came out. And so to me, the Hobgoblin thing seems like them being like, ah, oh, we got to make it cool so they don't make fun of it again. And they made it really lame, in my opinion. The, the main reason why uh, I think he was citing his sources in terms of people not liking the glider suit was because there was that test footage that leaked beforehand on the internet of them doing a more like traditional goblin thing. One. That one does look cool. It looks cool as fuck. Yeah. But anyways, uh, yeah, the glider that they put uh, Willem Dafoe in, in the suit that they put him in looks way better than the shit they put James Franco in. Yeah, they put him on a fucking surf, a ah, snowboard. Yeah. Garbage. With a little TV on it so we yeah. can watch Bruce Almighty or whatever. So I also like, in all of these films, I'm not that bothered by the fact that some of this stuff is, like, leaps in logic and, like, kind of silly. Like, it all kind of comes across as, like, 1960s 
Marvel comic book. Like, for example, our bad guy hitting his head really hard on some a metal pipe and then getting amnesia. I like it. I'm not upset about it. Hey, it's fine. Being honest, this yeah. is the most I've liked Harry Osborn and James Franco in any of these movies. Yes, I easy. love that he is a completely different person in all these movies. Yeah. Number one, he's just this schlub that can't stay in a private school to save his life. Yeah. Number two, he's this mover and this shaker. Yeah, yeah. He's like Oscar a greased up hair and yeah, sunglasses yeah. on inside, and he's like, "That's why I love you, baby. You're gonna make me money." Exactly. And in this one, a thespian. <laughs> yeah, you like paints and shit. He paints. He writes. He wrote a, it right up. Play. Writes a play yeah. for Mary Jane. Yeah. 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 It almost seems like a uh, a subtle way that like uh, the people. I, I assume it wasn't all written by one guy, but whoever came together to write these uh, were like, it'd be pretty funny if in every movie we had made. I just Harry a little different. This one movie alone was written by more seven people, people. than wrote the other two movies yeah. combined. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, uh, so Harry, like I said, I like that uh, storyline. I think that he acts a little bit childish. I like him slowly finding out, and then uh, like a like a like a chessman, he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna use uh, everybody thinks I'm ignorant to my advantage." Does he? In a sense, right? Like he plays coy in the beginning, right? He's like, "Oh, I've got all the pieces together, and now I'm gonna." Because he doesn't come right out and say, oh, hey, Peter, I got my memory back. He instead starts doing this thing where he's like, I'm going to take Mary Jane from him and stuff like that. You know what I mean? He goes, yeah, he's he's a dumb idiot. Yeah. Him and Mary Jane dance to do the twist while making uh-huh. an omelet. Which looks like a commercial. They kiss. Yeah. By the way, they both have great chemistry. Yes. Um. And then she, they kiss and they both go, ooh, that was a mistake. And she yeah. leaves. And then he talks to his papa a little bit. And then he's just walking around and hears a voice in his head. And Willem Dafoe comes back and goes, Ma, I was right about her and Peter. And he's like, Dad, what's happening? And he goes, try to remember. We're both the Green Goblin. And he's like, okay, yeah, we're the Green Goblin. And then they cut to just a shot of him so they don't have to pay Willem Dafoe for saying it. And they use the line from the first movie where they go, if you want to attack him. Attack his heart. <laughs> and he goes, cool, yeah. I'll do what exactly what happened in the first movie yeah. and, I'll, and the second movie, and I'll attack Mary Jane. Yeah. And he goes, okay, now I remember on the Great Goblin. And then he goes, break up with Spider-Man, or I'll kill him and you. Yeah. Which, if I were Mary Jane, I would meet Peter Parker on that bridge and go, hey, don't turn around. But like twenty feet behind you, yeah. Harry's there. And he's the Green Goblin too. And yeah, because she knows you're... he's Spider-Man. Yeah, I know yeah. you're Spider-Man, yeah. and you can take this fucking guy. Yeah. But instead, she dumps him, and then literally the next scene, Harry goes, I gotta tell you, Pete, I'm the other guy. Mm. And he's like, Peter goes, and gets up and leaves. Yeah, but he's so slimy. I like him as a villain. Like, when he looks back and smiles at him. Yeah, no, I love, I love, 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 love. Peter leaves, and the waitress goes, would you like a refill? And he goes, oh, I'd love one. And she fills up his coffee, and she goes, how's the pie? And he goes... So, so good. <laughs> Hate it. Oh, skin crawl. And then he winks, and yeah, that's great. And yeah. He's just gone. Does Peter do anything or say anything overtly, awfully, like, creepy in this movie? Not as a symbiote, just as a normal man. I don't think so. Everything he says is pretty mundane. But. It's the situations he's saying them in. And also just something about his essence. His essence is keep away. It's that Tobey Maguire mouth. I just hate him. Yeah. All throughout this movie, he's just killing it as Spider-Man, and poor Mary Jane just can't catch a break. Got yes. the job of her dreams, gets fired. I like the tension there. Upset about it. For some reason, doesn't tell Peter, which I understand. Her feelings are valid. Her feelings family. are valid, yes. 
Um, I'm not saying it's great or well done, but yeah. compared to the other two movies, it's nice to see her have just the smallest bit of agency in this movie. Mm. Also, just something to do other than dating people. Yeah. Yeah. Um, That's good. I Maybe, 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 maybe my favorite scene in this movie is when they're having dinner together. Uh-huh. And they're talking, and she's like, yeah, you don't know how I feel. He goes, oh, I know exactly how you feel. Yes. I'm Spider-Man. This happens to me, mm-hmm. and when I'm doing this, she's just going yeah. on and on and on. And then Gwen Stacy shows up. Yeah. After they have their kiss on mm-hmm. stage, because he gets the key to the city, upside yes. down kisses Gwen Stacy. Easily just him and MJ are the only two people in the world who have ever done that. And then he decides to do it with another girl. And not just another girl, but a lab partner he's never told Mary Jane the mouth. Yeah. And she comes up and she's like, oh, hey. And uh, she's like, oh, hey. And Peter's like, Gwen, this is Mary Jane Watson. And I love that she leaves and she's like, what a, what the fuck are you doing? He goes, what? She's just a girl. And he goes, no. He's clearly into this girl. Like when she walks away from the table, he's just smiling ear to ear at her. Yeah. Oh, just the scummiest piece of shit. And on top of it, you got a little bit of comedy mixed in. With Bruce Cable Bruce in the Campbell. background. So it really is. This Love is it. the workhorse of the movie. This scene is doing a lot Absolutely. of work. Again, these first 45 minutes feel like a good movie. Mm-hmm. And then suddenly it just becomes bad. Like I even like when uh, James Franco shows up in his bad suit and they fight and Spider-Man's not in his suit and he's trying to catch the ring. Yeah. Uh, Good stuff. Action scene-wise, the best we've seen out of any of these movies. Also the best of this movie. Holy shit, the rest of it is garbage. Yeah. That's what I will give this movie is they really Mm -hmm. figure out how to do, like, action scenes by this one. Because back to Spider-Man 1, there's, like, zero. Yeah. He does some wire work backflips sometimes, but Mm -hmm. that's it. Um, um, I also um, like the Sandman. Yes. I do like the retcon with him having killed Ben too much, I don't think. That sucks. I mean... What that probably is, is throughout the history of Spider-Man, the best Spider-Man villains have some attachment to Peter Parker. Yeah. Sandman has never. Yeah. Sandman shows up and fucks up a power plant to get the shit rolling so the first few issues that you buy have some cool action scenes. Yeah. Um, So in this, I guess that makes sense that they did that. But I like C. Thomas Howell. I think he rips... Mm -hmm. Um, but I think just with the, the the station he was relegated to in this film, that was that he could have just served that purpose. Yeah, he didn't need to be also tied to it. I feel like that muddies the waters because you already got enough going on with like Harry, and if you're also going to do the symbiote, it's just one of those things where you can let someone. Yeah, apparently, you know. this movie was supposed to be just a Sandman movie. That's yeah. what Sam Raimi wanted, and if it was just Sandman and he killed Uncle Ben, yeah, I think that would have worked just fine. Yeah, but. A little too much going on. Way too much going on. Yeah. So he's cool, and he looks cool when he turns into Mr. Sandman, and he also looks cool when he gets water dyed. He, um... I'd like to say he's sympathetic. Yeah. And I understand him, but also at the same time, no, I don't. Yeah. He's he's like, oh, my daughter's sick, and I gotta get money for her. Yeah. Yeah, robbing banks and killing people is not great, but C. Thomas Howell kills it, so I'm like, yeah. I like this guy. I feel better. <clears throat> and then the symbiote shit just kind of happens out of nowhere. For some reason, like 45 minutes of the movie, they're like, oh, yeah, right. Also, the symbiote has to bind with Peter. And then oh. it just gets really bad for a while. It's really out of nowhere. It yeah. falls out of the sky, attaches itself to his moped. Hangs out in his apartment for a month. Yeah. And, and then, then decides to get a hold of him? I guess. Kind of. Oh, we're missing a scene I really like before this. Oh, sure. It is 2.15 a.m. 
Oh, yeah, when they have the late-night chat. 95-year-old Aunt May gets a knock at her door, and she goes, It's 2.15 in the morning. There's no way this could be good. She opens the door, and it's her nephew, Peter. She goes, Peter, what what is it? He goes, "It's it's, it's MJ, Aunt May. And Aunt May and her old brain must go. He's waking me up at two fifteen in the morning. Mary Jane has to be dead. <laughs> and he goes, "I'm going to ask her to marry me." And she's like, "Oh, great!" Yeah. And there's a really lovely conversation where she gives him some really fucking good advice. Mm-hmm. And she's like, "Me and your uncle Ben, we're going to get married." And then we thought, I decided, no, I'd like to marry you, but me and you are not in a place where we can be married. Our lives are not in a place where we can be married. Yeah. And she is subtly telling him, "Hey, Peter." You drive a moped. Yes. They get paid $30 a day to sell pictures of Spider-Man. Yeah. You are not in a place to be anybody's husband. Which would be great added on top of, like, if this movie dealt with the work-life balance stuff. And, like, and if he had actually heard that advice from what Mm -hmm. you were saying. um, And there was that kind of dramatic maybe tension. Like, by the end of the movie, there could be some way in which you feel like they've both taken a step towards being more stable or something. And you feel like the question's about to get popped or maybe even end the movie with him popping the question or something. But again, uh, I don't think that happens. Does he, how does this movie end end? They have that big fight. And then what, what's the the resolution? The resolution is Mary Jane is singing at her club. Oh, and he's between the two men. No. Yeah, he comes he's, in. Isn't he sitting between the two men? No, that's the beginning. Oh, uh, okay, play. okay. Yeah. He comes to the club. She's working out, and she goes, "I'm done with love," because that's how she sings. Yeah. And he comes in, and she's singing. And she stops and looks at him, and he goes, and puts a hand out again, saying the same thing he's been saying this whole movie: "Fuck what you got going on. How I feel about how I feel and how I feel about you is more important." Yes. She Very big his bang hand. theory. Yeah, she grabs his hand, nerd. just stops singing, no one seems to care, and they dance a little bit, and then the credits roll. So anyways, uh, then it gets really bad with the symbiote stuff, and then the Eddie Brock, I actually like, Eric for Foreman. what it is, Eric Foreman. Uh, I know people had a lot of gripes at the time, because like, Eddie Brock's supposed to be a big dumb jock, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um but, you know, whatever. I don't know enough about the comics. I also don't understand, you know, big dumb jock also being like a photographer. Seems a little like against archetype, but whatever. For what I know of this movie and uh, Eddie Brock, I was not upset necessarily. And I think I like his like sh- like swarmy, whatever you call it, little weaselly kind of like mm-hmm. shit mouth. Um, you brought up you would like to see him as Peter Parker. That would be good. And I think that would be good. Yeah. Um, but I like the tension between these two. I like how he's kind of actually a bit of a dumb idiot who's like, yep, I know what I want and I'm gonna get it. And like, all he does is really talk fast. He doesn't actually, he's not really good at anything. He's not actually even good smart. Good at Photoshop. Or, he's good at Photoshop. Great at Photoshop. Um, but yeah, just kind of a dumb guy who thinks like, I'm gonna talk fast and shoot straight and I'm gonna make it in this city. And he doesn't. And uh, he tries to do so by stepping on people and speaking poorly about people. I mean, when he talks to Spider-Man, he's like, oh, yeah, that Peter Parker, what a fucking piece of shit. Um, And then he becomes uh, Venom way too late. You get no time with Venom. Uh, In fact, it feels like almost like they they shot the movie and uh, the movie just instantly went to that big third act fight scene. And they were like, oh, fuck, we got to connect that with like... Venom and Sandman even talking once. So they shot this like 10 second scene where you can see the shadow 
of Venom swing into frame, the shadow of Sandman punch him with a big hammer hand, and then Venom go, ah, yeah, Sandman, I was looking for you. We both want to kill the spider. And uh, at first, the Sandman thinks it's Spider-Man, which is actually neat and could be interesting, but then he's like, wait a second, you're not Spider-Man, once he sees his big tooth mouth. And, uh, yeah, they then it like, transitions to this third act, which is... They do that twice. Yeah. They do it in the third act. The news reporter goes, and a masked figure that was thought to be black-suited Spider-Man, but yeah. that's not him. Don't worry about it. It's like, yeah, yeah. that's something that interesting that could have happened that they immediately just brush up yeah. the rug. If they didn't spend, again, like uh, so much time with all these dance numbers and, uh, again, you know, whatever, Sam Raimi, that's fine. Do your thing. But I think it was not for the betterment of the movie that he kind of threw a tantrum, in my opinion, and seemingly made this look stupid. But I could be pushing that on Sam Raimi. Maybe that was just in the script. That's how it was this dumb. Maybe it was this bad of a script. But it feels a lot like someone was actually trying to make something seem dumb. Yeah. I... Two real big problems with this movie. Yeah. Having Venom in it. Talked about this, I think, when we watched the first Spider-Man. This is very much so early 60s Spider-Man. Uh-huh. All these movies are. Yeah. Which I'm personally not a huge fan of. Okay. But for what these are, and these movies being about that, I think they're fine. Yeah. You know what really, 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 really doesn't work with early 60s Spider-Man? A uh, villain created in what I think was the 80s? The most 90s character that has oh, ever 90s. existed. Yeah. Venom. I mean, 90s, he might have been yeah. made in the 80s, but he is yeah. undeniably 90s. the 90s. most 90s character ever created. Oh, yeah. And that being said, you know what Spider-Man character I really, really, really don't like? Huh. Venom. <laughs> I think he's dog shit. Yeah. I think he just sucks. I think yeah, he's I don't just really... a big black sharp tooth mouth spider-man created in the 90s and that's all he is and that's all he'll ever be well that's why i was saying like i don't mind topher grace that much because i really don't know who venom is or what he does i know that he looks kind of cool from like a 90s comic perspective that's it that's all that venom really is venom looks cool and he's just there to look cool pretty much also when we see venom in this movie and he talks he has topher grace's voice that's not good he isn't supposed to have like a like a fucked up demony voice when he's talking yeah, with the suit on. He's a big black l- demon, liquid monster. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that character from Batman Beyond, Ink or whatever. Yeah. Whoever that girl is. Ink. She's cool as hell. She is. Love that, and I love that she's always trying to like choke people by like shooting all her ink up in their mouth. Yeah, that rips. Yeah, that's really good. Oh, but anyways, yeah. you know what I like more than the Venom stuff is actually Spider-Man having to deal with being infected by the symbiote. I like that way more than I like Venom as a separate yeah. entity. Yeah, absolutely. So anyways, all that stuff aside, then there's this, like, it feels like it's a third of the fucking movie. I know it's not, but this whole end scene where, like, Spider-Man is asked uh, Hobgoblin to be his friend again. We have to back up. Why? We have to talk about arguably, arguably, the most buck wild scene of this movie. Okay. Mary Jane breaks off with Peter, mm-hmm. and he goes, but, 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 and shows her a ring, and he goes, but, 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 and yeah. she walks away. Yeah. And Harry Osborne's like, hey, 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 hey. everything's going, going to plan. Yeah. And so Peter puts on the black suit, brushes his hair in front of his face, does that dumb dance outside, which everybody talks about. Yeah. Then he goes to a jazz club with Gwen Stacy. Oh, yeah, what the fuck? And she goes, geez, I hope we can get a table at this jazz club. Yeah. He gives a lady five dollars, and they're sitting there. And she's like, "Oh, is that your ex? Should we leave?" 
And he goes... Which is reasonable. Yeah. They should. She's a very smart person. And he goes, no, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Red they're flag. They're sitting there for a second. Mary Jane starts singing. And he goes, I'll be back. And it cuts to Mary Jane singing. And you just hear... On my piano. And it cuts oh, over to him. God. And he's playing the piano. Which, all, I guess, Peter Parker, also a thespian in this movie, knows how yeah. to play the piano. And then he just starts jazz dancing and, like, spinning on chairs and stuff like that. And there's a close-up of his mouth at one point where there's a beat in the song. And he goes, oh, dig on this. You know what? I do like this scene. No. In the mask. <laughs> yes, absolutely. This is straight out of the mask. Yeah. And he goes over to Gwen Stacy. He starts spinning around and they're dancing or whatever. And then he dips her in front of the stage and looks up at Mary Jane. And to her credit, I really do like this moment where Gwen Stacy goes, well, no, I don't like this. She goes, this was all for her. You should have realized that 25 minutes ago when yeah. you're watching this restaurant. But I like when she turns to yeah. MJ and apologizes and then leaves immediately because that's exactly what she should do. Yes, absolutely. Because she has self-respect and that's good. Everything this movie does, biggest sin, is how they just fucking doo-doo all over Gwen Stacy. Gwen Stacy, one of my favorite Spider-Man characters. I'm a Gwen Stacy man myself in my heart of hearts. I believe Peter Parker's one true love is Gwen Stacy, and then she unfortunately gets murdered, and he settles for Mary Jane. And I'll say that the symbiote is pretty much exactly the mask. It really is. It's really just the mask. Yeah. Which came first? The mask. Doesn't matter. Because it's the mask. Yeah. Anyway, very long fight scene at the end that is boring as all fuck and uh the sandman's there even though he hasn't been in the movie since he was technically murdered by spider-man it feels like other mm. than that reshoot scene that we mentioned earlier and venom wants to kill spider-man because he knows that it's peter parker i think right yeah and he goes you made me my, lose my girl now i'm gonna make you lose yours that's not what he did he didn't make you lose your girl you lost your job because of him you yeah. lost your girl because he had coffee once yeah, that was weird. It was definitely weird for him to say, you made me lose my girl. Because he lost her before he even got that job, didn't he? Hey, you know what else was weird for him to say? Huh? When he picks up Mary Jane and goes, uh-oh, my spider sense is tingling, if you know what I mean. Ugh. Yeah, ugh. Um, also, some of the J. Jonah humor is, humor is not as good as I feel like it was in the first two. It's bad. I don't like the big buzzer thing. There really wouldn't be a buzzer that loud, I don't think. And then... uh. The it's hip, it's now, it's wow is okay, falls a little flat. Um, and that's all he really gets besides, oh, buying that camera from the little kid and then yeah. like the film's extra thing. That one's also not that you great. You know what I do like about the it's hip, it's now, it's wow scene? Huh. Is it's for sure Sam Raby going, fuck this movie. I'm just going to put a seven-minute scene of my brother just goofing <laughs> around in it. Uh, he also uh, voices a little deadite named Sam... In uh, the Evil Dead video game, Resurgence, oh. that I played on the PlayStation 2. Nice. Ivan Raimi. Different brother. Ivan Raimi wrote this movie with oh, Sam Raimi. My bad. Ted Raimi is the guy in this movie. Ted Raimi, I think, is the one that voices Sam. Sam, Ted. Ted, and Ryden. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know. <sighs> Hobgoblin dies, and then the movie's over. Yeah, I also don't mind him dying at the end. That's actually kind of nice. Like I like how, like, like uh... Why oh, is that funny? I don't know. Just him dying is nice. Well, no, just like uh, it is kind of cute. Like, because MJ's like, oh my God, we got to get help. And he's like, no, no, just just stay. And it's one of those moments, kind of like the Peter moment in the first one where you're like, oh yeah. Yeah, if I was dying like that and I knew like 
we're on the top of the scaffolding. This lady can't get me help. Uh, and I just knew that I was probably going to die. Like, yeah, I would rather, like, if it was, like, Alicia or something, or, like, you or my dad or something, and I knew there was no way that they were actually going to come back with help, I would just go, no, 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 just stay. Because what he's saying is, I don't want to die alone. I would yeah. rather you stayed than I bleed out thinking you're coming back. Yeah, but let's say, let's say you're dying, and me, Alicia, and your dad are there, but also Spider-Man is there. Yeah, Spider-Man can save you. He can get you help immediately. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyways... Um, I, I just think it works, like, as you said a second ago, like, it's, uh, these movies are all, like, clearly, like, uh, 60s Spider-Man. I just think throughout all three of them, there are multiple, like, plot-holy moments like that where, like, this could easily be solved this way, but, like, it, it works to be a bit over the top and, like, a little bit. Yeah. You know, but anyway, so, uh, that works, and then it has that weird, uh, resolution that we just discussed a minute ago, and I don't know that I have anything else to say about this movie other than, uh, the first 45 minutes makes me wish there was a good Spider-Man 3 so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, but in my opinion, you can basically watch the first 45-ish minutes and then turn it off. Yeah, absolutely. Turn it off. As soon as he gets a, a symbiote on him, this movie's over. It's done. It's wasting your time. Yes, absolutely. Um, I give this movie an F. Yeah? Yeah. I was going to give it a D just because I have a soft spot for the first bit, but let's call it a D minus. Okay. Because I don't know if I got anything in that category. I'm going to give it a D minus. How about how about some table talk to finish this episode off? Sure, what's up? Why did we watch all these movies? Why did we decide to watch three and not stop at two, Chris? Oh, well, because I kind of have this idea that perhaps there's a new Spider-Man coming out and like this could be... Uh, fun thing to do because those Spider-Man movies are coming out and uh, the timing is not great because I actually have not seen the second of the Tom Holland Spider-Mans. So perhaps this will actually get... It might be like six weeks of Spider-Man, perhaps, because we now have these three episodes and perhaps we do the other three, the Tom Holland ones. Okay. In preparation for this new one, and then we go see it in the theater. But why not the Andrew Garfield ones? Because it's, it's crunched for time. Yeah, but we could do... We could do it another time. We have uh, years to be doing these movies. Yeah, but if this is our plan them. to do all these Spider-Man ones together... What happens when there's a fourth Tom Holland Spider-Man? I think they got three more on the books. Then we could do a nice special episode, and then a special episode where we watch the other two. Yeah, but fucking Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire aren't going to be in those other Spider-Man movies. They're going to be in this one. Yeah, that's true. I don't know how we're going to squeeze it in. I could just tell it to you. What happens? Yeah. Right now? Oh, oh yeah. Okay, I could do it right now. Okay. Okay. So The Amazing Spider-Man 1. We open. Little Peter Parker. He's playing hide-and-seek. And I was like, can't get back here. And Rana goes, oh, Spider-Man, are you going to stop me? And the kid just makes a big stance. And like, I think you hear everybody gasp. And you just hear a voice behind the kid, and it's Spider-Man going, hey, Spider-Man. And the kid turns around and sees Spider-Man. He goes, you let me handle this one? And the kid's like, yeah. He goes, go check on your mom. I got this, all right? Oh, it's so good. And then he goes and he swings a thing at fucking uh, sewer grate, sewer manhole at Rhino. And then it ends, and then there's credits. Um, and I missed out on a lot of stuff, but I talked for 
15 minutes about that about both those movies hey <clears throat> tell you what i guess i'll watch them i appreciate you letting me. me doing that yeah um i'd say um i'm gonna cut all that out you think so <laughs> and if i just if i had to wrap it up right here i'd say the first spider-man's really good because andrew garfield's great emma stone is great they have great chemistry uh sally fields and martin sheen as uncle ben and aunt may amazing after <laughs> after he dies there's a scene that's really good. Um, Do you really want to cut all 50 minutes of you telling beat for beat what happened to those movies? Oh, absolutely, because I'm just rambling. Um, it's a hilarious bit, though. Yeah. I think it'd be even more hilarious if I cut it out. But anyway, there's a really touching scene. I'm not even going to talk about that scene. Uh, they're all great in it. Number two is the best Spider- The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie ever made. And if I have a podcast about movies and I don't get to talk about how The Amazing Spider-Man 2 is the best Spider-Man movie, then what's the point, Chris? All right, we'll watch them, too. We don't have to. No, we'll watch them, too. It's just I don't think that uh, our review of the newest Spider-Man is going to come out anywhere near the actual release date at this point. Poor planning. Didn't really plan. It just kind of happened. Let's wave a big old web. And that's that, Mattress Man. If you need more soup, follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, or go to our website, eatingsoupalone.com. And until next time... <laughs>